you know, you hear this from a large number of people, people who are either CEOs or who are trainers who, you know, it just gives you like a jump start of the day. I really do enjoy that and puts you in the right mood for the rest of your day. That Triathlon Show 124. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and today's episode is a bit of a different format from what you're used to. This is an age group triathlete case study, and I actually interview two age groupers, uh, husband and wife Jordan and Jesse Sorik from Columbia, Ohio. We get into a lot of different topics that I think that most age group athletes will find useful, like how to fit in your training around a busy lifestyle, how to stay motivated for triathlon, and also if you have a group or community of triathletes in your local area, how you can get the most out of uh, joining that community in one way or another. So I'll talk a little bit more about this at the end, but uh, I want to say that I'm experimenting with this kind of format, with interviewing age groupers. So it is very important that uh, you send me feedback on what you think, yay or nay. Uh, So you can email me on michael at scientifictriathlon.com, and that's Michael with a K, to tell me what you think. Is this uh, a format that you want to, do you want to see more age group interviews in the future on that triathlon show? Let me know by emailing me. This episode is sponsored by Precision Hydration. They make electrolyte products that ensure that you can keep performing and stay off cramps even in long races and hot climates. And uh, one person that did this pretty well recently is uh, Ben Canute. He actually just recently became a Precision Hydration sponsored athlete and uh, went on to win in the Texas 70.3, which just took place a week or so ago by the time of this recording in a very competitive field. And... uh, So that's just one example of an athlete that uses electrolytes to be competitive at the highest end. Another example of when precision hydration or electrolytes in general is very, very needed is the opening of the Swim Run World Series that took place the other week as well in Croatia. Legendary race. More than half of the podium there, including both men and women, were precision hydration sponsored athletes. So they... They do make great electrolyte products that help people perform well in the difficult conditions. Hydration matters, but it's not one size fits all. And that is where precision hydration stands out against its uh, competitors. As you know, you can get your first box of precision hydration for free on precisionhydration.com by using the code DATTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, all caps. This episode is also sponsored by Ventum. You've heard about the Ventum C Mechanical already. That is their uh, cheapest bike. It is uh, really a bargain for what you get because it has the same kind 
of unique patented frame design as the flagship Ventum 1. No down tube, no seat stays, 1.4 liter water bottle integrated into the top tube, super aerodynamic. But the Ventum C mechanical has some things that makes it a lot, lot more affordable. And uh, mechanical shifting is one of them. You can get the complete Ventive C mechanical with Vision Team 30 wheels for $3,500. And if you want just a frame set, then you'd pay $2,850. Of course, you can also check out the Ventum 1 and the Ventum C with, with electronic shifting on VentumRacing.com. And they have all the usual perks like getting 110% of your own bike towards the purchase of a new Ventum bike, payment plans, delivery, etc. Check it out on VentumRacing.com. Now let's get into the interview with Jordan and Jesse Sorik. We had some microphone issues and uh, some other issues with the recording, so I hope that uh, we've managed to get that sorted in the editing, but uh, there may be, I might not get everything fixed, so we'll see how that goes. goes. Apologies in advance if uh, some of the parts have a bit poorer sound quality, but most of it should be really good. Let's get into the interview with Jordan and Jesse. So a few weeks ago, I talked on that triathlon show about interviewing some age group athletes. And now I'm here with Jordan and Jesse Sorik from Columbia, Missouri. Hey, guys, welcome to that triathlon show. It's uh, great to have you here. Oh, hello. Hello there. Hi. So that was Jordan and uh, Jesse in that order, as uh, you can probably imagine. Let's start a bit with Jordan. What's uh, your triathlon background? Can you briefly tell us about your story? Um, yeah, I started in 2013 and in a little small triathlon, uh, I did a sprint was my first one and I, um, really enjoyed the, um, I really enjoyed doing the race. Uh, my dad and I did it together. And, uh, ever since then, uh, I picked up doing more races. I went, I predominantly do sprint Olympic distance though. I'll typically do about four races a year and, um, and that's kind of how I got into sport. And actually, I've met my wife through it. So, so, so um, let's uh, first one question: How how old are you now? So, and well, I'm uh, I'm 28 years old. Okay, about so you, to turn 29. Yeah, so you started <laughs> at 23, if I do my math right. So let's switch over to yes. Jesse. You're on just uh, one headset, so we'll have some transitions to do. But uh, switch over to her, and let's hear uh, Jesse's uh, background. So, yeah, I began back in 2013 doing triathlon with our sports club. And ironically, I started only a month right before Jordan joined us. And that's how I just sort of joined a community of people, really, from a variety of ages in this sport and got to enjoy several adventures with them for the last five years. How, how big a club is it that we're talking about? It has a variety of as many as 250 to about three to 400 people. It uh, changes every year to year. And is that the only club in, in the city or is there a scene even bigger than that in, uh, in Missouri and in Columbia? So I think as far as in the Missouri, we might be the biggest actual triathlon club. And there are other clubs like in St. Louis and Kansas City. Those are the next two biggest or they're the two biggest cities 
in Missouri. But with us, I think because there's only one triathlon club here in Columbia, that's why we happen to be the biggest. Whereas in St. Louis and Kansas City, they have multiple triathlon clubs there. So they're a little bit smaller than ours. Okay. And uh, what do you do for a living? I work as a weekend night nurse in the ICU. I actually work with Jordan. So we work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. And then we train during the week. And uh, you go to school, you said, as well? Yes. So I do go to school. I'm working on my doctorate in nursing. And so I do clinical and homework as well during the week. Yeah. Okay. So what's your schedule like usually? Like how how much time you spent with schoolwork and uh, how much time, how do you fit in training? Um, with me, I guess, just for example, like today, like normally I'll wake up at 4.30 and I'll go swimming with a group of people at 5.30 till 7. And I might try to do some weightlifting after that. After that, around eight o'clock, either if I have clinical, I'll try to go to clinical from eight to five. Or if I'm free, I'll go to the library and do homework. And then whenever I get off, maybe I'll spend time with Jordan or maybe I'll try to find some other activity to do with friends. But it's mostly like I'll do my activity if I can one more one hour in the morning. And if I have like a bike ride or something like that in the afternoon, I'll try to do that as well. But those are primarily what my schedule's like from at least, you know, Tuesday through Friday. And then whenever I go to work, I'll work out an hour before I go to work. I'll work from 7 p.m. to 7.30 or 8 a.m., go to bed, and then wake up and work out an hour and then do it all over again. And uh, just one more question before we move it back to Jordan. What yeah. is uh, your kind of your goal or, or why do you do triathlon? And also, what's your what's your level? Um, with me, why I do it is, I guess, with for me, I know versus Jordan is that for me, I feel better. I feel happier. I feel healthier with me just working out and having some purpose. So doing whether it's biking, running or swimming, I just really enjoy it. And I especially am very social at it. I noticed that I enjoy doing it with a group of people because it seems like I'm also in a way spending time with people and developing friendships. So that's what my purpose is. Jordan will tell you otherwise about his, but and my level, um, are you just saying like level intensity or? Yeah, your kind of your ability, some results uh, or w- where you usually, like, are you trying to win your age group in Kona or are you more of a mid-packer or if you can want to categorize your, yourself like that? Yeah, um, I guess with me for running, running's more my forte. So I was able to run the Boston Marathon. So I'm at least able to qualify that. I wouldn't say I'm anywhere close to an elite uh, athlete in running. But with that, with my age group for triathlon, I'm almost always in the, I'm almost always the first or the second. In the last few triathlons, I've been always placed in the top three. Um, Now, of course, this could be smaller triathlons. But also, whenever I do race in larger ones, I always at least get about first or second place in my age group. And let's move back to to Jordan then and uh, hear his perspective on some of these things, uh, starting maybe with with that same question: the, what uh, what is your goal and purpose with triathlon, Jordan? Um, I'm a little bit. I, I feel like I, um, as far as my actual goals, it's a little bit different than Jess. I. My goal is I'm not quite as um, a natural athlete as she is, so I have to kind of work a little bit harder to keep up with her. But uh, my goal is to actually 
qualify for age group nationals and um, see if I can actually like place there. Um, I haven't actually gone yet, so we'll see if I can do the first part. <laughs> what would it take for you to qualify for that? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jesse, wasn't it in like the top 10%? Is that right for age group? You have to, I think you have to get in the top three for sure in your age group at, at a, at different, at a race. And so, yeah, you'd have to get in like the top three for sure in the, in the Olympic distance. And I'm not as good in the Olympic distance. So, um, I'd have to do that. Okay. And, and that's probably something like a USAT sanctioned race. So yeah, it's yes. not, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and, uh, what, what about, uh, what, well, we already talked about with uh, Jesse that, that you also work as a nurse, but, uh, do you, you work full time throughout the week uh, or how do you uh, split your work hours and your okay. training time? We actually, we work together in the same unit and, uh, we work the exact same hours too, so that we can see each other more. Um, so I work weekend nights also, and then I'll do, I'll, I'll do kind of some easier workouts during the weekend between my shifts. And then when I'm done on, uh, uh, Monday, uh, after I sleep during Monday, then I'll pick back up again. And that's when I'll actually do like my two a days and such. So I'll actually like do harder workouts Monday through Friday. Yeah. And do you also do the majority of the training with the same group or how do you train together in that way? Um, yes, I'd say I do not swimming, but I'll do my cycling. I'll, I'll do some bike rides with the group. I'll run about half the time with the group. So I tend to be a little bit more of a loner than she may be. Um, I'm okay with running on my own occasionally and swimming on my own. I, I find that I actually do like swimming on my own more uh, in the pool. <laughs> And uh, so, so when you do go to group workouts, do you? Uh, is there a particular reason for that? Are there instructor instructors there that uh, have certain sessions for for the entire club, or uh, is it to sometimes uh, get the performance benefits that you can get in a group by having others push yourself, or how do you pick and choose? Yes, it's uh we have like a we have an intervals evening where we'll actually do, uh bike intervals together and that's uh that tends to be a harder workout. So I actually do like having the companionship of others around me to push me a little bit harder. Um so that's I actually specifically choose my harder workouts to be with the group. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise that, that I'm makes I might injure myself if I keep doing that over and over again. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I I think that's uh that's uh totally the way to go usually because i when you when you do easy workouts with a group and the more people there are in it the uh, the easier the chance is that everybody falls into the fastest guy's pace and uh, and then you train too too hard for what your easy easy workers should, should be so so that sounds yeah, like a very yeah. sensible That's spot on uh, how it is <laughs> yeah so we talked a little bit before about uh you having an autoimmune disease that uh, causes some uh, some special considerations, especially with your running, and has caused in the past. So, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's um, called ankylosing spondylitis. Um, it tends to happen in males more, and it typically starts on when you're in your late teens, early twenties. And I started having symptoms around the time I tried uh, doing triathlons, actually, and um, it became increasingly more difficult to run. Uh, I was always able to cycle. Actually, cycling helped me 
but running it was very sporadic in my training as a result i was kind of lucky if i could run once a week a few miles um so as a result you know I, with my training i it it was very difficult to actually run a race and actually do well at the end i oftentimes got passed by lots of people after the bike so i do really well on the bike and all of a sudden people just be zooming past me because i was just i wasn't in good running shape and i wasn't conditioned for it um and then um and yeah and, after that oh. yeah sorry go on Oh, I was just to say, I ended up getting on some medications that kind of help suppress certain aspects of my immune system, which then allowed me to start running again, which completely changed the game again. So now the status of this injury is what exactly? Um, as far as now goes, uh, I'm actually, I, it's completely back to baseline. Like back when I was 19 years old, I can run again as far as I want to, it, it feels like nothing ever happened which is a pretty sweet thing um so uh it actually changed triathlon substantially for me because i i've never actually experienced this before being able to do anything i want and have an actual plan that i can follow 100 percent that, that's a that's a great segue because i i was going to ask about uh, uh plans like uh, do you have training plans uh, do you have coaches uh, how how does it work I don't have a coach uh, at the present moment, but I do. I do like read books by Joe Friel, and uh, you know I listen to your podcast along with uh, another one, and I kind of get ideas, and I end up uh, implementing some of them, and I I um, just kind of research on my own and just uh, make my own plans um, according to what I read and try out new things. So I don't actually have a coach uh, right now. Okay, and uh, but but you still do you do take the time to to plan it out and and be be purposeful with your training from the sound of it. Yes, yes, I am. Pur- uh, yeah, I am purposeful with my training. Yeah, <laughs> great. And uh, what about uh, Jessie? Let's uh, switch over to her again. And uh, the same question to you, really. How how do you go about planning and yeah, planning your training? Um, with me, it's I'm fortunate that I have a group of individuals that sort of help plan in a way. Uh, with the people I work out in the mornings, they we have uh, a woman who she plans like a 3,500 meter swim workout for us. Uh, that will be on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or a, a variety of different workouts. So with her, she used to be a collegiate swimmer, and she just enjoys it. And so she will just plan these workouts for us, and I'll just go along with it. Um, so I've been fortunate to have her in my life with that group as far as the running in the morning on Tuesday, Thursdays, they always plan at least about a seven to a nine mile run to do. Some will be hilly, some will be flat. And then in the evenings or the afternoons for our bike rides, then you have a different group of individuals who will ride. Um, sometimes they'll do like hill repeats on Wednesdays. Tuesdays is more of a hilly, longer course. And Thursdays are intervals, as Jordan has mentioned before. Um, and if I ever can on a Saturday or Friday, I'll do like a long bike ride with people who might go for, you know, maybe 40 to 50 miles, maybe longer. Um, so like I sort of mentioned or hinted at before, I just sort of go where the social opportunities take me. And ironically, it sort of makes my training what it is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but that uh, I, I want to to stay on that swimming for a while because that's that's such a great opportunity to have somebody who who plans your workouts like that, and uh, and that's also the area where a lot of age groupers start to very 
easily stagnate and not see any development. But also a lot of them probably don't train three times a week consistently and do 3,500 meters or yards with, uh, with a structured workout to it either. So, so how has your swimming developed since you, since you started, specifically since you got involved with this kind of training? Well, I'll admit that it did not start as great as in the beginning. Um, I remember because I was doing my Ironman that I was having to try to get myself to swim about 4,000 every, you know, few days a week. And it was just, you know, to do that by yourself, it's awful <laughs> to go into a pool and just go swim 4,000 yards. Um, so I heard about the swim group and they met up at 530 in the morning. And at that time for me, I thought that was horrendously early because I'm a weekend night nurse. <laughs> and so... But whenever I found out that just for the moment of having them there to hold me accountable for showing up and doing it. Um, so it's sort of nice how it has laid out. And the same thing also for the runs. They have an A group, a B group, and a C group. So if you join and you're not much of a swimmer, you do like a, you know, a C workout. And that would be around 1,000 yards. The Bs, they do around 2,000. And the As, they often do around three to almost quite about 4,000 yards. And so with me, I start off, I ended up probably around the B group, but in first I was too intimidated to even do the workout with them. I would do it in the swim lane next to them and I would just go at my own pace. And then after a while, whenever I felt comfortable, because I noticed with them, you know, they had more of like a camaraderie kind of experience where, you know, if you're following someone and often trying to just keep up with that person in front of you, you know, you really feel like you're part of something. So that's what sort of, I guess, made me then hop into their lane. Because I admit, it is intimidating. Swimming, it's the least social of the sports, you know, like you, you know, you may say hi right before you jump in the pool. But other than that, then you don't really get to talk or interact much. And uh, with me being a runner, I'm used to being able to talk with people pretty much all throughout the workout or be able to sort of get some um, feedback on, you know, if you're running next to someone, someone could tell you like, hey, you should try doing this instead of that. But um, yeah, so I joined the B group and I was swimming along with them. And as my husband, he's mentioned, he's been reading the Joel Frio books and he has given me some pointers about swimming and then also some of the these individuals who I'm swimming with, they've sort of given me some pointers like, hey, you know, if you actually would have your arms straight, you know, or if you put your head at this angle. And ironically, from this little bit of feedback, now I'm in the A group with the swim group. And so now I I won't say I'm the fastest one by any means. I'm probably the slowest A grouper there is. But at the same time, they're sort of telling me, they're like, man, you're fast now. Like, you've really improved. So it has been sort of nice to have that feeling of something you're working at, especially in an area like you mentioned for triathletes. It is a little bit intimidating, especially if you're not a swimmer, uh, especially to jump in a pool with people who swam in college, not to mention, you know, people, they just have that technique down. Whereas with us triathletes, we're just like, okay, we just need to paddle across this lake and make it out. So um, he's been laughing at me because now I've been working on my backstroke and my breaststroke. And he's just like, there's no point for you to learn that. <laughs> he's like, triathletes don't need that. You don't need to learn that. And I'm like, well, I want to be able to keep up with them while I'm doing this. So, yeah. yeah. I'll tell that to my coach tomorrow when I go to our swim practice. We don't, we don't need this backstroke and breaststroke because I hate it. <laughs> no, exactly. I know. It really is. It's the most painful of them. And you're just like, I'm never going to do this during a race. But yeah, so 
Um, yeah, but that's yeah. Who knows? Sometimes you may have to do it. But it's funny mm-hmm. how the backstroke used to be like the most enjoyable when I was a kid, for me at least, and and it seemed so easy. And now it's like really, I realize how difficult it is to to get it right. But let's uh, let's move on to. Uh, like some key takeaways for the age groupers there are a few uh things that uh i i tried to pick up on that that you've managed to do successfully and and it sounds like you really made triathlon a lifestyle and that's how you especially like a lot of it for you uh, jesse is probably with getting involved with the group and having that social aspect to it but that helps you with motivation getting out every day every morning to do the training so can you expand a little upon that how triathlon is part of your life and how you use that to to really stay stay on track yeah, um, with me, I just noticed is that one, working out or getting your workout if you can in the morning, you know, you hear this from a large number of people, people who are either CEOs or who are trainers who, you know, it just gives you like a jump start of the day. I really do enjoy that and puts you in the right mood for the rest of your day. So even though it's not even towards triathlon, but for me in clinical or studying for school or even for work, you know, I can tell a difference if I got to work out or not. And I do enjoy working out. But then on top of that, if I work out with a group of people, it just already feels like I've already talked to 20 of my closest friends, you know, before the start of my day. And it really is nice just even hearing what's going on in people's lives. And even if it's from tips of like how to improve your swim style to like what's going on in their life. I mean, I'll say that with you having those kind of bonds or relationships, that's going to keep you to keep on coming back and keep on training and also wanting to keep on doing your best because you want to keep up with them. Um, do, do you ever have any problems with motivation and uh, find that you just want to roll over to the other side and uh, snooze and get back to sleep? <laughs> yeah, there are some nights for sure. So with us working weekend nights, uh, there's definitely some days because remember we don't sleep in and or if I worked out every single morning consistently and uh, worked weekend nights, I would never, ever have a morning to sleep in or catch back up on sleep, you know, because I work nights and then I do this. So there are, unfortunately, some days that I do sleep in and, you know, I can't kick myself for it. You need sleep, obviously. Um, but as far as motivation, I just always think back of there will be some days where I will be you know, it's the half line where one, you're just so awful tired that you came and keep your eyes open. And the other one where you're a little bit tired, you could probably get up and get going. But if you really think about it, you're like, when have I ever gone there and regretted of going, albeit with adequate sleep, you know, but, and I never have regretted going there and seeing the people and talking to them and working out. And that's the thing where I think of if I'm ever dragging I'm like, do I ever regret going there? And I'm like, no, I don't. I always enjoy it. And that's what sort of motivates me to keep on coming back. Yeah, that's uh, that's such a brilliant point with uh, like trying to think a bit further ahead than the second that you're in 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 the moment. And yeah. and you're right as well to point out that uh motivation and uh, and getting adequate sleep is not like the same thing like sleeping in when you actually need to sleep that's definitely the right thing to do and that that's not a, a sign of, of bad motivation that's just sensible uh sensible behavior in in that situation so uh let's uh move it back to jordan maybe and, yeah. and ask him about uh the these these same things with motivation and uh how triathlon has become part of of your lifestyle jordan um yeah uh oh so how how to keep motivated 
Right? Is that what you're yeah, asking? Yeah, we can start. Yeah. We can start. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, with motivation, I think that Jesse's spot on. Like, I, I totally agree with her that, you know, I, I don't go to every single thing just because I don't want to get injured and keep pushing myself too hard. But I do believe in like showing up to like half of them at least. And it does keep you on track. It, uh, you get to see other people and you have the social aspect and uh, you get to kind of see what other people are doing and you kind of get to ask them questions. And I think also doing a few races every year, it gives you something to work towards and having goals, building connections at these races. For instance, if a few people keep showing back up to these races and you notice that they're getting better, you're like, man, I need to get better too to keep up with them. So, uh, you know, have, you know, going to races, um, uh, every single year also helps out with staying in shape and staying social. And, uh, and, and what about, uh, time management? Is that something that you, that you have to be very uh, particular about? And, uh, everybody has a busy schedule these days, yeah. but, but what do you do to get around when life seems to get in the way? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, like, um, I do, my schedule is not quite as tight as Jesse's is, but, uh, they're, you know, main thing is make sure you get adequate sleep, especially when you're switching schedules back and forth, like we end up doing. So you got to make sure you get adequate sleep. And I find that if I get adequate sleep early on in my week, the rest of the week tends to fall in place a lot better. So as long as you sleep adequate amounts, you can typically, I feel like just the whole day is more productive, especially if I get good sleep the night before. And then on top of that, I get a good solid workout in at the beginning of my day. I'll typically hit my harder workout at the beginning of the day. And then I'll, if I do a second one, I'll kind of make an easier one. And it seems to make me more productive each day that I do that versus sleeping in, um, completely. <laughs> mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what about, are there any mistakes that you've, uh, or things that you've learned along the way? Not necessarily mistakes, but things that you've learned and that uh, triathletes that are a bit uh, behind, like they, they are where you were a year ago or four years ago or five years ago, that, uh, that you would uh, like to share with them to learn from what you've learned so far? Yeah, let's see here. As far as mistakes go, is I'd say definitely... Uh, Practicing transitions important. I never did that until recently. And uh, I actually lost a race due to my transition being uh, worse than it should have been. So I think that, you know, spending a little extra time, you know, getting into a pattern when you get, get when you get on the bike or off the bike, you know, practicing how you would actually transition every single time you bicycle, it becomes second nature. Uh, that'd be something I'd definitely stress. Um, and then that'd probably be the biggest one i'd have at the moment um i'd also say just let's move it on yeah okay if you could come up with something then just say yeah. it and then we can move over to jesse after oh yeah that yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah i'll hand it over to jesse now actually she might have something better <laughs> okay so as far as mistakes or learning from mistakes you're saying yeah, le le learnings and mistakes it doesn't have to be big mistakes but things that you've, you you do better now than you did at some point um, well, I guess like I, I did hint at was swimming. And so I mentioned like running was my forte. And so swimming and biking for me have been definitely a learning curve. And so ironically, I think in the last year or so, I think swimming has definitely come along pretty well. And then biking actually, um, just keeping at it. I remember, you know, it just was really hard for me. I'm a runner. So 
the bikers would always get a kick out of me because they feel like I'm always sort of waddling in my seat because I'm like a runner on my bike. Um, so they, I think it's um, if you can find a good bike group with you and same thing with like swimming, they gave me a lot of feedback about it as far as learning like how to really sort of lift up your foot and how to sort of sit appropriately in the seat. Um, that's really, I guess, my biggest advice is if you really want to get better in those areas, you hang out with people who really do well in those areas and work out with those. So um, we, Jordan and I actually often bike with cyclists, not really with triathletes much anymore. Um, so the cyclists are actually the ones that really sort of keep us on our toes in that department. Yeah, that's brilliant. That That's absolutely brilliant. A anything else, if I frame the question a bit differently, we're not talking yeah. about mistakes anymore, but just general advice to uh, to people that are newer to triathlon than, than you are, what would you say to them? Um, okay, well, I guess, well, if they're new to our triathlon, I guess just like Jory and I, join a club, find some kind of community that you can do that because I think, you know, I admire the people who could do it on their own. But if anything, I feel like the people who actually join a club or do it with a group of people, they get so much more back. You know, you get so much advice. You can, you know, tips. You can get assistance with your bike or with your gear. You know, with us, we have a whole community where if you're trying to get rid of a bike or sell a bike or other bike components, you know, that you could easily reach out to one another for And it just makes it, I feel like, a lot more fun. You know, it's not all for yourself. So I know that um, triathletes, sometimes it could be, if you wanted to, you could just focus on yourself and your time and your score. But I feel like I found it so much more fun whenever you can enjoy the pleasure of seeing your friends and how they're doing, how your whole club is doing together as a whole, where, you know, it's just like you're saying how to make it as a lifestyle. It's like, well... I guess really it's how to sort of embrace more of like an active community and be able to support one another. And that's what I've really enjoyed about it. Yeah, I think uh, that you're right. If, if you have all your best friend and your social life in that club, then you then you have one less thing at least to try to fit in because you can get the training and the social done at the same time. So so that's brilliant. What about Jordan? Do you have any any more advice to, to give to, to the listeners, to the age groupers that uh, are newer to the sport? Oh, uh, yeah, I'd say big thing or just a general advice is what you said. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'd say, um, yeah, joining a club is a big thing and going to competitions with clubs is also good. If you can find a club to join, it tends to be more fun. <laughs> yeah. So let's move into the rapid fire questions. And uh, I don't know if you prepared for them because I didn't send them to you. But uh, <laughs> let, let's let's start with you, Jordan. And uh, as you know, these are short and sweet, one sentence, uh, two as most, 15 seconds is uh, your time limit. What's okay. your favorite book, blog, or resource related to triathlon? Uh, say um, the uh, Triathlete Training Bible uh, by Joe Friel is my favorite book. And what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? Um, I would say my favorite, it would be, I'd actually say it'd be my bike, uh, with, I'd say it's my Cervelo bike. And finally, who's somebody in a triathlon or endurance sports that you look up to? Um, I'm starting to watch the, uh, Brownlee brothers more. I, I really like both of them. Their story is interesting. Yeah. Uh, you, you get, you need to get their book, their biography. It's brilliant. Okay. Uh, switching over. <laughs> 
switching over to Jesse and uh, the rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite book, blog, or resource, Jesse? I do like the Maximum Bike Overload, uh, and that's really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. a really that's my what my weightlifting schedule sort of based maximum off of. Overload. Yeah, Maximum Overload. Yeah, that book. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacques Devore was uh, the guest in episode sixty-two on uh, the podcast, so listeners can go and have a listen to that. And uh, what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? I know I would have to say it's probably also my bike. So my I have a specialized transition triathlon bike. So that's I'd have to say that. <laughs> and who's somebody in the triathlon or endurance sports that you look up to? I do like, and oh my goodness, why am I blanking on her name? She used to be the Ironman finisher for several years. It was... Oh my god! From Britain, why am I blanking on her name right now? I read her book. Uh, Chrissy Wellington, you mean? Yes, the, yes, Chrissy yeah, Wellington. Okay. I really yeah, yeah, enjoy yeah. her story, and I really enjoy like how she lives so purposefully with triathlon, and how she's trying to support other individuals through her sports. Yeah, and and racing with a smile on her face. That, yes, uh, yes. And also, also, this is an important point: winning her first Kona Ironman on uh, a road bike with clip-on aero bars. Oh wow! It, uh, it shows that you don't need to to uh, out a lot of money to to be really good at this sport. Uh, okay, so this has been uh, really really fun to talk with uh, with you guys, and uh, and I really hope that uh, this is an, an experiment with with interviewing age groupers. So uh, we definitely want to get some feedback if uh, if the listeners enjoy this, and then I can can do more more interviews like this in the future. But I know that. Uh, I've enjoyed it a lot regardless. So thank you so much, Jordan and Jesse, for coming on the Triathlon Show today. Yeah, thank you for interviewing us. We appreciate it. I appreciate (laughs) it. There you have it. I really hope that you enjoyed that interview. We're getting real with real triathlon age groupers. And my takeaways from this interview were first the community aspect and how important that can be. You notice that uh, Jordan and Jesse approached that quite differently, but for Jesse, especially this community was like the main thing, and that is something that can help a lot of triathletes, depending on what type of person you are. So uh, consider getting involved in the community like uh, Jesse especially did. The second point is get the training done early, and this is something that... uh, I really think is it can't be overemphasized how important that is. I see it all the time in the athletes that I coach, those that habitually train in the morning. They are so much more consistent than those that wait until after work to get their training done. Because then things come up, life happens, and that's just the way it is. But you can you can prevent that by training in the morning. And uh, you might say that you're not a morning person. Well, try it for 30 days. It's uh, nobody, if you're used to always training in the evening, sure, it's going to be a transition time, but it's easy to get used to. I haven't, I used to always train in the afternoon or in the evening when I was running. Then towards uh, the latter part of my running days, I was uh, transitioning into training in the morning and I got up at 6.15 and I thought that that was an ungodly hour and it was really difficult. These days I get up at 5 every morning and I'm totally used to it. So it's all a matter of getting used to things and and getting habituated with uh, and finding those habits that help you stay consistent. 
And finally, make triathlon a lifestyle. That's something that's uh, shown through in this entire interview that Jordan and Jesse have done really, really well and that helps them enjoy the sport, be consistent and make improvements. This is something that's really, really difficult to do. But if you make it a lifestyle, then it all becomes so much easier and so much more enjoyable. So try to do that. As usual, you can find the show notes for this episode on thattriathlonshow.com. Leave your comments or questions there. That's another place where you can give feedback on this age group interview format. If you like to hear more about uh, more interviews like this and, uh, and how often you'd like to hear them. As I said, this is uh, kind of an experiment, so I really, really appreciate your feedback. How many, how often, what what particularly do you like about it and what's not so good? How can I improve these interviews if I do more of them? So comment on the show notes, contact me directly on email, michael at scientifictriathlon.com, and that's Michael with a K. And uh, if you like the format and you'd like to be interviewed, then definitely send me an email and tell me a little bit more about yourself and uh, your ability level or experience level doesn't matter at all. You can be a Kona qualifier or you can be a complete beginner. It's uh, totally irrelevant. What matters is that if you'd like to be interviewed and you are you getting into triathlon or you are a triathlete already, have been for a long time, then it can be useful for for people that are listening so uh, yeah definitely send me an email if that's something that you'd like in the next episode i will talk about my top 10 books blogs and resources for triathletes as you know that's a question that i ask all of my interviewees and now i will answer that question myself 10 times over Quick call to action for those that may be new to the podcast and don't really know what I do if I do anything else than podcast, which I do because because I do need to put food on the table and uh, the podcast isn't really enough to do that. So I actually I coach and I make training plans, both custom and uh, and ready to go training plans. So if any of those things is something that might interest you. Check it out on scientifictriathlon.com to learn more about uh, coaching and uh, training plans. Finally, thank you to our sponsors. Ventum is the bike that is the easiest to build, pack and travel of all superbikes available. And this is one of uh, the reasons that Ventum was founded in the first place. Jimmy Sear, uh, co-founder of Ventum, is a former professional triathlete. And he had all sorts of issues with with packing and traveling with bikes in his uh, professional racing days. And that's why he made it uh, a point to really make the Ventum travel friendly, make it super easy and fast to pack. So check it out on VentumRacing.com. And thank you to Precision Hydration for sponsoring this episode. I recently got an email actually, it was really cool, from a listener... Uh, about if I could cover hydration on the podcast and he specifically asked about hydration and electrolytes and I said that yeah I'll probably revisit that topic at some point but for now we have already covered it in episode 49 when Andy Blow, founder of Precision Hydration uh, joined us to talk about all things hydration and electrolytes so check it out episode 49 
And uh, this uh, listener that emailed me, he uh, emailed back after having listened to the episode, and it was just a short message saying, wow, brilliant. And I can only agree, if you want to learn about hydration and electrolytes, you have to listen to that episode that was so useful and educational. If you want to get your electrolyte needs met with precision hydration products, then make sure that you use the discount code that triathlon show all one word to get your first box of electrolytes for free on precisionhydration.com. Thank you as always for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.